0: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, Shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. You know, it's hard to believe in ourselves when those closest to us are voicing doubt. The ones who know us the best are also the ones who know our whole story, our ups and our downs. They can recall our most embarrassing moments and can remember each lesson that we had to learn the hard way. It's also true. That when those who are closest to us do not see us for long periods of time, they tend to freeze us in time. Just think about how many times you've seen a child or a youth after this long pandemic separation, and you've been shocked by their height, by their age, or by their COVID hairdo that has all grown out. I'm not surprised that Jesus' neighbors in his hometown were quite startled by his homecoming appearance. They expected that Jesus would return to them the same Jesus who had left them before. They froze him in time. It's just human nature. And speaking of human nature, they probably froze Jesus in that state as well, as very human and not all that divine. They missed getting to watch Jesus grow into his ministry the way that others had. We don't get to hear much about Jesus as a boy. And my guess is, if he had been doing a lot of healing and miracle-making along the way, we probably would have had some noteworthy stories of his childhood handed down to us as well. But that's just a guess. For all I know, there's an olive jar sitting in a cave somewhere with many scrolls chronicling ages 2 to 12. But we do know that the Jesus who returns to his home down today is different from the one who left them. He's grown in his mission, in his following, and in his divine powers. I can hear the townsfolk saying under their breath, or maybe not so subtly, that this Jesus had gotten too big for his britches. Who was he to prance back in, acting like he knew more about God than those who raised him? Now we know the answer to that question, but we have the advantage of hindsight that they didn't have at that time. After being rejected from his hometown, Jesus has a choice to make. He can listen to the doubt being cast his way, or he can stand up for what he believes in and continue the direction that he's going. He chooses the latter and doubles down quite literally as he sends his followers out in pairs two by two, to proclaim and to heal, to talk the talk and walk the walk, and to shake off the dust of any doubters that they encounter along the way. Now the community piece of this story is vital because communities don't always see eye to eye. It's difficult to live in community. And even harder to move in a different direction from one's community. In times of tension, it's often hard to know whether to stand up for one's convictions or to go with the flow. I read a story about six years ago when I was first asked to preach on this passage, and I didn't use it in my sermon then. What you might not know about every sermon that you hear from this pulpit, probably five have been tossed into the wastebasket in the week prior. But that story did stick with me for long enough that I thought it was worth sharing with you today. It might be familiar to some of you, and I've heard bits and pieces of it over the years, but often with the location mispronounced or with what I find to be the heart of the story, missing. I found this story in a commentary called Feasting on the Word. It's one that I use quite often. But it originates from a commencement address given at Emory University by a man named Hugh Thompson. Hugh had dropped out of college decades earlier, to enlist as a helicopter pilot in the Army. And it seems that among all the speeches for the honorary degrees being awarded that year, Hughes' address was the one that captured the crowd's attention in a unique way, as a hush fell over the stadium during his time at the podium. The story went like this. On March 16, 1968, Thompson was flying a routine patrol over Vietnam when he happened to fly over a village called My Lai. Just as American troops, under the command of Lieutenant William Calley, were attacking dozens <coughs> of unarmed villagers, old men, women and young children. Thompson set his helicopter down between the troops and the remaining villagers. He ordered his tail gunner to train the helicopter guns on the American soldiers, and he ordered the gunmen to stop killing the villagers. Hughes Thompson's actions saved dozens Of people that day. He was almost court-martialed. 60 Minutes eventually did an interview with him years after this, and Thompson told them that when he first returned to the States, he was ostracized. He was shunned. He even received death threats. It was 30 years before the army awarded him the soldier's medal. As Thompson stood at the microphone at Emory, the rowdy student body grew still. Then he talked about his faith. Simple words. Speaking of what his parents taught him as a child, Thompson said, they taught me to do unto others as I would have them do. Unto me. The students were amazed. Words from a Sunday school lesson, simple but profound statement of faith. They leapt to their feet and they gave them a standing ovation. So on this day, as we celebrate our freedom our nation, and the people who have helped make our lives in this country possible. I honor Hugh Thompson as a patriot who allowed his faith to give him the courage and the strength to stand up and fight for the country that he loved, for the best version of our country. He had a choice to make, and it could not have been easy. He chose to stand up to his community, his team, his countrymen, and to do the right thing, even when that right thing was the hardest thing to do. Thompson let his faith inform his actions to the point that he allowed himself to be shunned by his colleagues and his friends. I can only imagine how hard it must have been to shake the dust off from all the places that he did not feel welcomed in the years that followed. I can only imagine what it felt like when he got his public redemption. I wonder, did he ever doubt his actions? Did he ever wish he had just kept on flying? Did he ever lose faith in the people that he loved and admired and trusted, who turned against him in their time of doubt? I imagine that he experienced every emotion that the human heart could possibly experience. I imagine that Jesus did too when he returned to his hometown. Shame and pride Doubt and conviction, frustration and peace, because here's the rub, hometowns are made of humans, churches are made of humans, countries are made of humans, and armies are made of humans. We all make mistakes. We all hurt each other. We get back up, we shake the dust off, and we try again. We will let each other down from time to time. We will fail big and hopefully learn and grow with each failure. Maybe that's the moment When we're most open to the miracle of healing. When we can recognize our human brokenness and be brave enough to shake the dust off and keep on moving forward. Even and especially when our faith calls us to do things that our neighbors, our friends, or our families don't understand at the time. Maybe this is a moment when our country is the most open to healing, too. Right when we realize just how much we missed each other during our time of separation. When we're ready to listen and to notice how we've each changed while we've been away. And when we can shake the dust off from our hard journeys... Pick ourselves up and move forward as we go forth into this world, rejoicing in the power of God's love, hand in hand and side by side. Amen.